welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Christopher Eng for It Takes Two, which is a two-player puzzle adventure game from Swedish developer Hazelight. Uh, this game is incredibly cinematic. A lot of times during gameplay, there's dialogue that runs uh, throughout the experience and just a very story-focused situation while also being just like a dynamic, clever two-player experience. I mean, seriously, the level design is so wonderful and the art is beautiful and all the things. It's fantastic. Of course, the music is amazing too. Cinematic, yes. Um, Orchestral, mostly, yes. Um, Some just really beautiful music here. I love the music that Christopher wrote, as well as the music that another Swedish composer, Gustav Grefberg, wrote. Um, They co-composed this score, worked on many tracks individually as well, though. So, you know, most of the music that you'll hear will be have written, uh, will have been written, pardon me, by Christopher. So, um, you know, those those delineations should be fairly obvious as we uh, go through with music examples. But in any event, um, you know, loved the music and the game is, is fantastic. The story centers around a young girl named Rose whose parents are planning to get a divorce. She doesn't want them to get a divorce. And so you're playing as her parents, you and your co-op uh, partner in the game. With regards to composer Christopher Eng, he also co-founded a company called Elias. Elias is adaptive music software. So Christopher was and is generally uh, tends to be dissatisfied with how music orchestral music in particular, adapts in games. He wants it to sound as linear as possible, which is a really difficult and complex thing to do, but his software, Elias, does this. And so we talk a little bit about Elias and why he started the company and what his goal is with Elias. Um, So yeah, so we uh, spend a little bit of time talking about that as well. Be sure to hang out with us on Discord. It's free to join our server. Link is in the show notes. Please come hang out, talk about games and music, biscuits and gravy. That's a big topic lately. (laughs) Um, But yeah, would love to have you hop on the uh, server and join the conversation. Also, join us on YouTube. There will be a video of this conversation with Christopher up on YouTube eventually. You can find us at youtube.com slash levelwithemilyreese. And if you're financially able, please do join us on Patreon. You can support us at patreon.com slash level. All right. Well, uh, here is Christopher. Yeah, this game was kind of a for a composer. It's a, a dream game to work yeah. with because because it has so many levels, uh, and it starts with this um, this Rose uh, not wanting her parents to divorce, 
And that is, of course, a kind of dark, deep, and sad uh, thing. And she makes these dolls that represent the father and the mother, and she buys this awful uh, love uh, book, <laughs> a relationship <laughs> book, kind of Dr. Phil, um, but with a Latino touch. Uh, and, um, of course, everything comes to life. Uh, so... The cool thing with it start when it starts with that um, serious deep thing, but then it's the most playful game I have ever played myself, where everything can come to life, and the object of the game you think that it is to find your daughter and try try to get her her to help you become human again, <laughs> <laughs> but but that's not the real goal of the game, and you discover that. Uh, along the way and um, for me to ju- just find the main theme of this game was was uh, quite a journey <laughs> oh <laughs> because in, yeah uh, because in the beginning I didn't get much to to go on there were so many ideas thrown uh, in, in the air and and at first i thought well this is a puzzle game and with a lot of um, crazy things and and fun things to do so my first um, demo to joseph was more like a tons of time signatures and and a complex orchestra and uh, the woodwinds doing crazy crazy things and and more of a kind of a circus thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and joseph was like no this is absolutely absolutely not it <laughs> And and I try. Okay, I try to find. Well, what is it more about? Well, of course, it's about love and magic. So I did some more of that kind of uh, love magic things, and and I I struggled a lot mm. until I one day just thought, well, well, wait a minute. This is about Rose, actually. Uh, even though it's so crazy and adventurous, it's it's all about. It's in her head, really. Mm. And I wanted to make. Uh, main theme that a kid could play so i set up my my rules i'm i'm um, i think it's the first time i, I for years I, I i write it in in c <laughs> and only <laughs> only white keys and that was my i, I set this rule for me that i, I can only do it in, in c uh, and um, it's going to be kind of a playful theme but then that evolved to being something that um, may, uh, may should actually sing in the game and the first theme isn't that singable. It's it's a little bit bam bam da do da do 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 da. It's a classic piano thing. So I made the second part. Uh, f- for her to sing and th- these two became the main theme and you can actually play them together uh, also uh, if you like <laughs> but, but, so, so it's, it's kind of a two yeah, it's a main theme and, a, and a, a second theme but at the end of the game the second theme becomes the main theme and so on Thank you. 
Uh, and, and you were actually asking about the game, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but for me, uh, for me, that that is the game. How things can you can be surprised all the time, and you can your first idea uh, will not be the one you end up with. It's it's been like that for the whole game. Oh yeah, I mean uh, the the score. I it's just so playful and. Uh, serious though too, and um, cinematic. It's one of the most cinematic scores that I've spent time with recently. Um, mm. I mean, and that that word is kind of a loaded term, right? It can mean a lot of things, but I guess just this uh, epic is kind of evokes different things too. But just a big orchestra uh, doing fun orchestral things, like like with um, you know little quotes here and there from the classical world, which we'll get into later, but. Um, mm. I just I just appreciated how orchestral it was, and of course there are electronic elements too, mm-hmm. um, especially in the space tracks, right? Which makes sense, but um, mm-hmm. but I just I really enjoyed how really kind of traditionally classical the orchestra was. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, uh, th- I love that. <laughs> I love that you say that because when I do orchestral things, I'm kind of old school and I want it to sound like an orchestra. Yeah. So I, I'm not too big a fan of, of the of the blockbuster libraries out there that just that you can just do a chord and it sounds fantastic <laughs> because I, because I can't go anywhere from there. So I need it to be more more traditional with with every every single instrument and so on. And and for, for this, actually, I knew that there was so much music uh, to write for this game. It's over 12 hours, I think. Oh, wow. So I knew that, yes, I knew that um, we will never have time to have a real orchestra, sadly. Mm. Uh, so I, uh, but then again, in my other, other job with Elias, I have a great connection with a company called Orchestral Tools. So, uh, and I've used their libraries a lot, and I think uh, that is what what made it at least today sound uh, quite authentic. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure in ten years when I listen to it, I will <laughs> uh, I will because it's been like that for forever. You think yes. that things you did in the nineties uh, sounded <laughs> orchestral, but you don't think that today, and so <laughs> on. But but I did I did my best. And that was uh, that was also mainly on me that part the orchestral things because we were two composers uh, with right. Gustav and me, mm-hmm. Gustav Grafberg. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we, we divided it uh, so that I will do all the orchestral things. But it actually, since the um, amount of music in this <laughs> game, we had had to help each other. And and I think some of the orchestral things that Gustav did, even though it was, I think it was almost the first time he did it became really, really good. So mm. One favorite part of music for me is the, uh, in the clock. things you know that is unique I think about the game is how much dialogue there is through during the gameplay right so 
um, that that must have implications for for the type of music you wrote. So so talk to me a little bit about that uh, coupling there. Yeah, first of all, there's a, a ton of cutscenes in the game, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and with a lot of dialogue. And uh, again, that was supposed to be mostly on me the cutscenes, but but Gustav did a lot of cutscenes as well. And then you almost became more like a it becomes more like a film score, right? Yeah, and uh, we actually took an opportunity here to make it. Uh, we wanted. Of course, me being, I, I love adaptive music. <laughs> in this, in this uh, game, it was hard to do for some reasons. We can talk about that later. But, but I took the cutscenes and made them very Mickey Mousing, if you like. Like every time Hakim enters uh, a cutscene, everything he does is is with this flamenco guitar. And I also wanted this flamenco to be kind of cliche flamenco i want it to be because he's a kind of cliche himself so i wanted the the flamenco also to be kind of a cliche because it took forever for for me to do these these scenes and and uh, when i needed help from gustav he, he doesn't play guitar uh, so what we did was i i made a play of of uh, flamenco things for him to to uh, work with so even I, when I play the game, I'm not really sure when I did the score <laughs> for a cutscene <laughs> or if Gustav did it with my guitars. So we, we always had to find this kind of solutions because we, we have, there was so much music. Yeah. And I think it, I think it worked. I, I don't think we, we didn't cut so many corners. We, we, both me and Gustav turned, uh, we were in love with this game. So we, we gave it everything we had just to, to make it the way we wanted. Well, and of course, you uh, you were awarded for your efforts with the Game Audio Network Guild yep. <laughs> Best Soundtrack, Best Original Soundtrack Album, which you know speaks volumes because there were some great scores you were up against, of course. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it paid off. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so um, I'd, I'd love to talk about a couple of specific tracks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, extermination jumped out at me just because of the flight of the bumblebee stuff inside there, yeah, which yeah. is very fun. So, so talk to me about <laughs> writing that track. Yeah, it was it was a little bit like and I'm laughing now because of another interview that I said that I, I thought I was so clever because uh, there's actually a, a bumblebee disguised as as the wasp queen. Okay, and I thought, well, I'm gonna hint that some somehow in the music and then i thought of a flight of the bumblebee but then when i played the game i actually there you already know that when you <laughs> because you, you get that information from the from the squirrels i think <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, even though i i didn't give these clues I, I thought it was a fun thing to do i wanted the that particular music to be very open and uh, atonal and, and mm-hmm. like that uh, and that's the wasps' music. 
And then there was Armis. Uh, it's this uh, percussion thing that I also did. Then uh, they are infiltrated by this uh, bumblebee, so the bumblebee needs to be in in the music somehow. And and I yeah I, I just like the idea to to include that into the track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that also gives the track a little bit um, for uh, you you wait for the next time it's going to show up and so on. So it, it gives mm-hmm. a little bit energy to the track. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to ask you about the drumline break in the middle. So that's the wasp army. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of a favorite part for me to do because I had this uh, analog uh, synth called um, analog keys, I think, uh, and I, I love the analog sounds, the drum sounds in there because they were kind of um, you know filtery, squashy, um, snares and, and things like that. But so I wanted to build kind of the the wasp snares. So I uh, I had my my own. Uh, three snares that I use all the time, acoustic, and then I trig, uh, trigged my analog synth and, and mixed it together. So okay. I could get the, my own sound for the wasps. Uh, and uh, and I wanted it to be like this, you know, this American uh, marching band feel uh, yeah. to it. Yep. It does. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, this. I, I, I think I put a little bit too much time and love into that, but, <laughs> but I, I had so much fun doing yeah. it. Pirates Ahoy is another one that I just thoroughly enjoyed, and um, and it that one reminds me of of a Dave Brubeck tune, and I I wondered uh-huh. if that was maybe part of the inspiration from for the that that nine eight rhythm with the one two one two one two one two oh, three, no. you know? Uh, no, it's exactly. Uh, I have a lot of inspiration on that track, and the first cool. one is uh, we have this Swedish um, folk music style called Polska. Okay, and it's it's kind of special because it's uh, one two three one two three one two three, mm-hmm. and then you could ease it up and think uh, one two and three and one two and three and so okay. you have it more metrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it started with that, and then of course I want for some reason I wanted to there were these things underwater all the time, uh, so I wanted to paraphrase uh, uh, Jaws a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Instead of <laughs> instead of bab, I had bab. 
was actually the first score that I did. For, yeah, I think it's the first for the whole game. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I want to have have this uh, rhythmical feel of, of the orchestra and and, and uh, not as big orchestra as I have later in the game. Mm-hmm. And um, there are ships circling around in a certain place. And to me, it, it felt a little bit like, um, I don't know, Pirates of the Caribbean-ish, uh, uh, but still kind of Arabic. So that is why it's, uh, the, it's, the music shifted a little bit there. Okay. Uh, and then when you win this, then we go back to the, the really cheerful polska, the Swedish, uh, with the more oh, cool. traditional thing. But then, of course, you meet the, the octopus there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and that is when, when I shifted to do a more kind of blockbuster sound uh, to make it bigger because yeah. he was so big. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, as you mentioned, Gustav Grefberg also wrote some yeah. music and you kind of uh, hinted at the the division more or less that, you know, you were supposed to do all the cinematics, but then there was so much music. So um, could you yeah. talk a little bit more about the division? And um, yeah. he's he's always been a favorite of mine as well. And I've never had yeah. the chance to interview him, but I've, I've been fond of his music for a long time as well. He's obviously quite talented. He's- so. He's great, and he, yeah. he's been uh, he's been almost from start in the Swedish game industry, right? Um, yeah, and and uh, when it comes to electronical things, he's, he's kind of a master. Mm. Um, but also his experience is is um, he's done so many games, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, but and I think actually that we we, we learned a lot from each other doing this game. Because he would be in the beginning, he would be kind of annoyed with me when I want everything to be authentic. So, so even the, uh, the theremin is a real theremin that I play, nice. um, <laughs> and and uh, I was always like that. Oh, we can't do this. We can't do this. We need to have um, everything needs to be real guitars and real percussion and so on. But after a while, he started himself to buy. You know. About this drum, he, he he prepared his piano and and started to, so, so I think he got inspired by that, and I on the other hand got inspired by his extremely efficient workflow, and how fast he can he can mm. find. For me, it could be like to find the right music for for a scene would take could take days. <laughs> yeah, and for him it takes five minutes, and he knows what he <laughs> want to do. So so he has he's that's very. I learned a lot for, from him in that way, and uh, of course, all his. Um, I love all the electronical things he did for this yeah. game, and yeah, and we actually we also discovered at first. I think both 
of me and Gustav is we like to work alone a little bit and then then uh, collaborate. But in the end, we just collaborated in everything because mm. it always got better when we did it together. <laughs> and and even <laughs> for, for me also being able to play slap bass and guitar on his things was so fun to do. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we we pushed each other into a lot of fun directions. So, uh, can we talk about your background a little bit? You, you know, you clearly play guitar and bass. Is is that where you started musically, or did you start with piano? How did that work? Uh, yeah, I, I think I started. Uh, I started with drums when I was little, and then my father bought a Korg M1, <laughs> and so I, I I did a million of tracks there. Uh, but I took uh, lessons in electric bass. A guitar and uh, for the bass I, I went to university mm-hmm. and, and then I ended up in the Royal uh, University of Stockholm and was going to be a jazz bass player and that okay. was what I wanted to do but I got so tired of, of jazz <laughs> after a couple, <laughs> a couple of years I, 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 I was yeah I, I almost hated it for a while oh, wow. and start being very interested in, in classical music so I, I, my last two years at um, the Royal Academy uh, was more, I, I took every class I could find that was in composing and so on. And actually game music as well. Uh, I think it was the first class for Microsoft Direct Music, that <laughs> system. After that, I started composing for theaters and, and TV and so on. Okay. Many years. Uh, and then my first, game i think that i composed for was 2011 or something like that Mm. it was a really big game we were three composers we had a real symphonic orchestra so it was great (laughs) and we worked for two years and it got cancelled oh (laughs) heartbreaking so the the music is out there with a full symphonic orchestra no one can use it we can't use it and the studio can't use it and it's a complete secret Oh, yeah. <laughs> so kills yeah. me. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it does you too. Yeah, yeah. But uh-huh. but then again, if you if we talk about my background, is mainly I've, I played in a lot of bands. Okay. That's been my thing because I, I I'm not the guy that uh, even at the academy I I hate just practicing sitting and practicing things. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> so I I I'd rather play with one band a night just to learn that way instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I'm always fascinated with bass players because, I mean, it really, I, I was a trumpet player, so my, even though I played piano as well, and I talk about this from time to time in this podcast, even even though I had that background, I still tend to hear things from the top down initially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, even though I you know, you kind of train as a musician to mm-hmm. hear the other way, right? But yeah. I, I just am curious how you think that that experience of being a bass player, um, you know, informs you as a composer. 
That's really interesting because it does, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, I, I just had an experience. I haven't played bass for for many many years. Mm. Uh, I played a lot of. Uh, I actually played the Thurman with the orchestra and and uh, played a lot of keyboards uh, last years. But then uh, I got to get a gig as a bass player, and we're going to play gospel. The, you know, this uh, extreme American syncopated gospel thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that I used to play uh, many, many years ago. And at first I thought, well, this is going to be going to be hard. But I realized I just picked the bass up and I, I could play it. Hmm. And it struck me that, well, you always have a main instrument that you learn <laughs> at a young age that you just can play. I, I think... Uh, and. And my other instruments aren't like that. When I play drums or keyboard, I have to rehearse a bit and I have to be more. Uh, but when it comes to the bass, it's it's just there. And mm. as you say, uh, probably I'm, I'm very, both plus, uh, plus and minus is, is like, I'm, I'm very, I want to have a good bottom in the music, a good uh, bass line uh, always. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I can get stuck with that. <laughs> yeah. But, but mm. I, I'm, I'm sure it, it has... Um, formed me uh, away as a composer yeah. and a musician. Well, of course, you've mentioned theremin a couple of times, and I, I, I mean, what an amazing instrument. Um, it, tell me about your experience as a theremin player. Like, I don't know, I don't yeah, talk it, to too many. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, I hate that I learned that because it's so. Uh, yeah, actually, I have this. I had a, have a band called Bright Eye Bryson. I would play symphonic rock or progressive rock or uh, whatever, and. Um, we were supposed to have a Thurman on a track and it, it no one in the band played that. And I said, I, I can try. So I did that. And then the drummer in the band is a percussionist in the, uh, what's it called in English? The Royal uh, Orchestra of Stockholm, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they needed a Thurman for, for a sci-fi concert they were doing. And, uh, so they called me and I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got got the shorts and, and um, it was extreme. So in, in, in a couple of places, there were two notes. And okay. I called the arranger and said, you know that Thurman, I can only play one note, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, can't you play two Thurmans? Uh, no one does that. <laughs> that Wait, you need both hands but, for one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... But he was so stubborn, so I said, okay, I'll see what I can do. So I bought this um, this harmonizer pedal that could do, uh, uh, you know, minor and major um, thirds. Okay. If you switch, switch it. So I ended up, I, I you know, I, I, I um, um, trained for, for like three months for this concert. Uh, and then, you know, it was completely, the house was full and, and, uh, this big orchestra I was supposed to go be the soloist. And, and I was like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, it would be, have been um, 
uh, enough just to play the theremin, but then I had to stand on one leg and play the theremin with this pedal. <laughs> and I was kind of, but why did I? Why did I do this? But, but after the, the show, it, it was, it was the most. It was the most fun thing I have ever done. Wow! Um, and I loved it. And then I, I did it four more times, I think, with different orchestras uh, around uh, Norway and Sweden. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time, because it, it's it's uh, like a year between these concerts or so, every time I know that, okay, I have to I have to practice for three months to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if I would have, will get the call again, I, I I will hesitate, but I will probably say yes. <laughs> Because it's it's you know you you don't have anything like I said if I have a bass guitar I just play it, but with the theremin and you know when you walk in front of the stage you don't know what the first note will be, <laughs> uh, so 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 I always start with a glissando in in, in this piece, so I go either it goes from boa or boa, <laughs> so so I have to be prepared and but it's a fun instrument in that way it's it's so free. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. one big, what is one big glissando, isn't it? Or portamento. Or, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And I, it's just yeah. such a clear, it's such a beautiful, clean sound always, too, yeah. which I, I love about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very close to singing. Uh, yes. So it's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> what an interesting thing to have picked up in your life, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I, I'm I'm like that. I always uh, want to play a new instrument all the time, and, sure. and I think it has to do with my composing as well. Because when I get the writer's block, mm-hmm. uh, I love to find a new instrument that I don't know how it works, and then I can come up with new ideas and so on. There's a track, back to It Takes Two, Um, there's a track called Symphony, which, I mean, I'm such a huge Bach fan, so the moment that C minor prelude starts, I was like, (laughs) just hooked. I was like, what's he going to do with this? And I loved the transition away from that into the rest of the piece, which was such a beautiful, because of course the C minor prelude is very minor, right? And you're in this sound with this organ and then suddenly it just opens up into this beautiful major sound. So I loved that track. Talk about it if you would. Yeah, uh, that it was really, really hard to do because um, there are reasons uh, why we actually couldn't use um, Elias in this part of the game. Oh. Um, 
and yeah, still wanted to be really adaptive because um, you were supposed to be able to sing everywhere on the track. Uh, and the first track I did was the, have, uh, the symphony. And at first, uh, Philip told me you have to be in one key all the time. You have to be in. You have to have just one bass note and, and so on. Okay, and still make it classical. And I was like, okay. This is going to be like a bolero thing or, or something. So I struggled a lot because I really wanted it to be um, uh, more more like Bach, maybe. Um, but I did this other thing and I struggled a lot. And then when I was done, they said, well, we found a way to do it. So you don't have to just stay in one kiss. <laughs> okay, it's already <laughs> done. Uh, but but so, so it took me a while to like that uh, music, actually, because it, it, it was so frustrating to do it oh sure but but i yeah i like it now and then when it comes to back the, the, the thing uh, before it's just for me when you have a huge pipe organ in a game that is back <laughs> you have to have <laughs> it it would be uh yeah you need to have it and my father is a, a organist oh cool and 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 uh back he plays everything <laughs> and also, I wanted, uh, I convinced them to, we actually went up to my father's church in, in um, up north of Sweden and, and recorded uh, that, or, uh, that organ. Oh, nice. Uh, so we recorded it with, uh, I, I don't know, seven mic pairs and, and uh, uh, we did an instrument out of it. So the, the thing you hear in the game is actually a sampled organ, but it's our sampled organ, and it's my father's organ. <laughs> so, wow. so it's so it's uh, we we put a lot of love to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very special. Yeah, yeah. and and um, even there, my my uh, wife that end, ended up being the the singing voice of me. Ah. Uh, <laughs> okay. She she. Normally don't sing classical at all. He never <laughs> did it, so it was kind of hard for her to, to do this part because it's only there where you have to sing mm-hmm. these classical things. Yes, yes. So, so I think all of the that heaven part of the game it kind of blurred to me when I did it because it was so much work. <laughs> but but also I have some memories where it was uh, real fun work as well. The track called "Rose," uh, also mm. very beautiful, and and I love the 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 tone, the mood with the pizzicato strings and the guitar line. Very very beautiful. So if you'd talk Thank about that so. track, yeah, yeah, that's my. I think that's my idea, my personal, my dearest part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because because always when I did um, you know theater music back in the days, it was all uh, all almost always kind of fun it was it was uh, a lot of comedies i wrote for and so on so i always longed for making this more sad things uh, and i love doing uh, this kind so this kind of music and and for me it was also in the game 
it was so nice when you have you just I don't know. You just made music for a boss fight with a crazy flower, and that was uh, that was super fun. Uh, yeah. It was great, uh, and so on. But then we came to a rose cut scene. I could, I could, I don't know. I could um, uh, land in it somehow, and I really think of just her and her thoughts, and and also in, in most of the themes there are references to the level that you've just been in. Uh, so, but but to make that theme sound real it's, this sounds it's hard to explain uh, i w- when we're in the game i loved making uh, it too big and uh, almost you know parody of things uh, yeah. if 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 uh, joseph wanted something that was kind of john williams i went all the way uh, all the time but when you get out of the game in the rose scenes she's in the house there's no magic there it's just pure human feelings uh, so I loved uh, doing this this parts and and, and uh, the the track rose is actually a uh, uh, it's bits and pieces from every every place where rose was in the game. Okay, yeah, it's just such and, a, and, all, and all, yeah. also sorry, I just <laughs> realized uh, strings were her uh, sound. Okay, but but she had the book uh, and the flamenco guitar was Hakim's. Uh, but he could. It couldn't be a parody when when it, when he was a real book. It had to be the real uh, music for Hakim, if if you know. Yeah. How I think. Yeah. 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 So 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 it was kind of every rose scene was kind of the real music, and and the other one was the fantasy music. talk about Elias for a moment. Um, First of all, explain what it is. I don't talk about software very much on the show, (laughs) but it's a huge deal. So, Yeah. So so after that, my first game uh, that I just told you about that got canceled, (laughs) I was was a little bit, even though I, I love the music for that game, but for me, it was just music played in the game. It has nothing, nothing to do with the game. So I, I was, I had an idea of how to make uh, orchestral music adaptive. So I started this company together with Philip Bannefall, uh, my co-founder, programmer. And we did the Elias One, which, which is, um, uh, was a tool for making an adaptive music for, for a place in a game. But if you needed more music, you had to have a lot of copies of, and a lot of uh, instances of LS One. So LS Two and Three was was uh, for a bigger game where you could you could have um, all the transitions would sound natural. And 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 the the thing with Elias is that it's uh, for me still I haven't heard anything else. It's the only way you can have you can play uh, level. In your own pace, in your own style, and the music will still sound like it's written for, for you, uh, instead of hearing that loop 
over and over again and 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 uh, crossfading into different things i i hate crossfades <laughs> uh, i, I, I want it in my brain it's always when i play games and there's an orchestra playing and it crossfades into another orchestra piece it's always for me it's like okay so i, I have two orchestras somewhere <laughs> it's, it's like strange so that became my at first i i thought i would combine this um, patent thing that we did <laughs> with my composing but it ended ended up being a, a company we're 15 now and um, mm. so it took all my time all my time was to to provide a tool for other composers to work with yeah so uh, for me it, i i needed to compose again <laughs> i was like I, I need to compose now <laughs> and i and i told joseph i'm i'm going to do the music for this game uh, the thing was that uh, with uh Hayslight, we were developing a new tool and we have this backup plan uh, without our tool because it was kind of uh, too hopeful <laughs> to to be able to to finish it in time and uh, at a certain point in the game we realized we got we, we're not going to be able to finish this in time and that is Elias 4 that we just released 2 months ago okay. so you can imagine how far we were from it <laughs> that uh, that means that, so the only thing of Elias that's in in it takes 2 is me and my ideas and some technology. We have a sampler and so on, but we don't mm-hmm. actually have the adaptive music music system in that game. So that was kind of strange. <laughs> but but for me, it was also like, even if we would have had uh, the liars uh, inside the game, my role would still be to be just the composer uh, because that was what I wanted. I wanted to... I want to be away from everything that has to do with technology for a while because <laughs> I, I was kind of, I need to compose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of strange. It wasn't in this game. It was in the it was in uh, a way out. We had Elias in, okay. but that was Elias three. And so you you decided to start it just because you you felt like other middleware just wasn't adapted, yeah. wasn't wasn't painting the music the way you wanted it painted. Yeah. Exactly, and and um, uh, because the other two or three that's out there were fantastic and are fantastic mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in what, what they do, it was just that I didn't feel that I ever have had ever heard uh, a score that sounded linear to your non-linear experience. <laughs> that <laughs> right. for me is that's for me is adaptive music. Uh, sometimes when I talk about adaptive music, people tend to think like, okay, like Beat Saber or Guitar Hero. But no, the opposite. <laughs> it's like when you play a story in a game, the story isn't the story isn't even played yet and you don't know how you're going to play the story. But you still want the music to sound like it was written to your precise way of playing the game. Mm-hmm. And that was what I thought and still think is missing uh, without Elias. It's a hard thing to do. It's so complex, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And and they were also I wanted to to make Elias so that you don't have to adapt too much as a composer. You you write in your because I just came from a game where we had a live symphonic orchestra, so I couldn't rely on you know, there are other solutions where you have like one bar uh, things that you you can um, connect to each other and so on. Uh, I didn't want Elias to be that. I wanted Elias to be uh, made for live music, so that was my approach. And also, to I have missed motifs in games for so long time, so I, uh, that was one of the first thing we added to Elias. So you can actually have motifs that 
play in sync with the music and so on. It so, definitely yeah. seems like it's it's filled a, a necessary hole in how music yes. works in games. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and I and I really want to <laughs> use it myself in the bigger game, also <laughs> because I've seen so many. There are so many great games out there with Elias, like like Mutant Gear Zero. Is uh, the music is so awesome with the adaptiveness that only Elias can do, and so on. Uh, but hopefully, when I do my next game. Well, to completely change the subject again, yep. I must yep. say, um, when I was in classical radio, I completely fell in love with a Swedish composer named Franz Berwald, who mm. does not get nearly enough attention in the world, in my opinion. So mm. I, right. I didn't know if you just completely kind of fangirling about talking to someone Swedish have any opinion on Franz Berwald at all, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think yeah, yeah I, I think I've heard some of his music and I think it's great. Yeah, uh, but I, but I'm that kind of yeah. I, I don't listen too much to music. <laughs> <laughs> when I got kids, it's more like I'm, I'm listening to their music and so on. So. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing I've heard from him has been great. I know what uh, what you mean with listening. It's we have as musicians, I think, very limited time to listen to anything other than the, what, what we need to listen to in that moment, you know? I, that, exactly. That's where I kind of get stuck. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I really want to hear this new album, but I really need to listen to these other things first before mm. I can devote listening time to that, you know? Absolutely. And then, then uh, this is kind of a funny thing when you... <laughs> <laughs> uh, many years this this game that I that got cancelled it was a very atonal music uh, oh, interesting really com really complex and and that was where my uh, that was my normal music then and then I got this gig this many many years ago I was supposed to write um, and I did write um, a mass for a choir oh my uh, yeah and this was a, a small church in Sweden with the, you know this normal church choir. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I, I, I played for them, uh, they were kind of shocked. And I was like, why? Isn't this normal? <laughs> when I listened to it now, <laughs> and I, I actually tried to get this uh, normal Swedish church choir, to, it was so complex <laughs> because <laughs> my ears were in that world. If you, if, if, you, mm -hmm. if you listen a lot or work with a lot with a kind of certain kind of music, you tend to think it's normal, but, mm -hmm. but it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, yeah, and, and uh, exactly as you say, it, it depends so much what you're working on. I mean, 
God, the music is so wonderful for It Takes Two. The game is so wonderful. It's just such a fun experience to play and such creative level design, too, in terms of, yeah. you know, when you make a two-player experience, you have to be, really, right? You want it to be yeah. fun to interact with your co-player, your cohort. So um, really, really brilliant, brilliant game. I think that is why it was so fun to to work with this, because... Joseph wanted every level to be unique. So if you get if you're an expert in tree level, for instance, that that won't help you in the next level, and so on. <laughs> yeah. And all the design is completely different in every level. So we also decided that the, the music style should be different in every level. Uh, that was, of course, challenging because you still need to have some glue to bind it together. But we we decided that uh, Rose and Hakim will be the glue. Because there's cutscenes all over, they they mm-hmm. will hold this together, and let's just do crazy uh, things. And and uh, that was so great because when you have, for instance, when I worked with Tree for a long time with uh, this atonal uh, classical music, and the next month, I think I, I worked with the uh, backstage, uh, and I got to just there's no libraries whatsoever in, in that it's just my drums and my guitars and it's only live instruments okay and then and then it gets super fun again <laughs> <laughs> and, and after that it may, might be something completely different so you never got tired of this i know my colleagues at my company because i, I worked half time with with running the company and do this <laughs> they said don't you get uh, tired and and I, no actually i get I get my energy for, from this. So, so every week I had tons of energy to just dive into this. So it was great. Well, is there anything else you want to say about It Takes Two or anything that you're working on right now? No, and I'm so super lucky to, to have worked on this game. It's, it's my... my uh, I think I said that this to you before somewhere. I, I always tell, tell my students not to be jack of all trades, just be narrow in what you can do. And then this gig appeared where I had to to play blues and, and everything and, and orchestral. So for me, it was a, a dream, dream gig. Mm-hmm. And and after, it's been a year since I worked with it, and now I've just run the company. And now I'm at the same point again, I need to compose again. So, yes. so now I'm looking for my new project to compose for. Wonderful. Now, what do you mean yeah. by students, though? Are you teacher as well, professor? Yeah, yeah. I used to be, but but I still okay. uh, doing uh, talks for at okay. different schools and, and okay. things like that. Okay. Wow, you've got a full plate, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again for chatting today. It was really, really wonderful. I've just thoroughly enjoyed going through your through your it takes two music. Uh, It was an honor to be here and uh, really nice to chat with you. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Christopher Eng, see a playlist and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. You can find a video of my chat with Christopher Eng on the Level with Emily YouTube channel eventually. And please do subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss any of our new videos of interviews. And we'll also be putting up old episodes as well. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Yeah, hello. 
You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.